Your Creativity, Episode 13. I personally think that the desire to do it has to come from an honest, authentic place. And once that writing is a product of that authenticity, you're going to be motivated. You're listening to the Own Your Creativity podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Johnston. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Today, we're going to be talking to Marnie McGuire. She is the co-author of Picture Perfect, the story of Black's photography, published by the oldest independent publishing house in Canada, Goose Lane Editions. An independent spirit herself, she will soon unleash her latest work, A Lick of Fire, a novel in zine art form. Most of Marnie's own publications and zines are part magic realism, part poetic grunge. However, she also values all she has learned from writing more conventional pieces on commission. She has combined her experience as a writer with her doctoral research on social change, memory, and the creative process to provide truly meaningful workshops and memoir consultations for a broad spectrum of aspiring authors, including street youth, teen mothers, corporate professionals, seniors, college and university students, to name quite a few. Welcome, Marnie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here. So first, if you would just elaborate a little bit more on what you do and and specifically uh, your definition here, part magic realism, part poetic grunge, what is that? What's that all about? Well, I just tried to define my style of writing. I do writing for other people, so I do lots of different types of writing. But when I'm writing for myself, I think it's a little bit gritty and I I really love magic realism. I really love Isabella Allende and Spanish writers. So there is a sort of dream-like surrealness to my writing, but it's very chatty and the narrative is a little bit gritty. Interesting. So what does creativity mean to you? Well, on a personal level, it means everything to me because I think that is my natural state. It, it just, it means waking up and being engaged with the way the day, day unfolds. I think it's a state of being or, and it's an attitude. Um, so it's an, a degree, it's what degree I can be, be with everything I do. So when I'm being creative, being myself, everything I interact with, whether it's my written work, teaching, parenting, even making dinner, there is a spark to it. it and it's it's fusing all of my gifts or knowledge or skills and fusing them. They come together to create something that's got a little bit more of a jump or bounce to it than opposed to when I'm flat or not feeling my best. Right. And do you think that there's only some people who are creative? 20 years ago, I think I would have thought creativity is reserved for for the arts. But my experience with other people's passions has made me realize that creativity is a powerful source or spirit that can run through anybody in almost any capacity uh, with business, education, athletes. But I do think that some people are more equipped mentally and or emotionally to create or to tap to tap into that more consistently i think people with mental illness because their their brains might not fit into the our very rational society they often are really creative and and depending on your upbringing uh, so di- I think different people are able to be creative more easily than others, but I think everyone, everyone has it. And do you think that people can live their lives without creativity? Would you say that, that that's fine, that they like, you don't need to add creativity? Well, 
because I don't think creativity is, is just reserved for the arts, I think someone can even be an accountant or a hockey player and can actually be very creative. You and I experience creativity through art and writing and film and but being the mom of two athletes, I see that when they are actually playing creatively, they are much better athletes. So, and I worked with Bob Black, who was a businessman, and I really, really had uh, stereotypes of, of business people before I met him and worked with him. And I, when he was talking about his business and, and how he got it going, I realized that the process was almost identical to when I'm writing well. He was using the same uh, words in a way that it's he was doing it for the business itself. He just loved being an entrepreneur and he loved the whole act of it. And, and so he was applying a lot of the same principles of almost be, trying to be egoless in a way to create business for the sake of creating business, whereas I feel I tried to create art for the sake of of creating art. I try not to do it from a place of ego or materialism or whatever. Oh, that's so fascinating. So what's the connection there between being egoless and creating? Well, there's always an element of ego. It keeps us going. But for me, it's getting to your source, your highest sense of self, or you're not preoccupied with shallow or materialistic or petty things. So you're really trying to get to a, a, a a deeper place or a more authentic place, how far you go with that will depend on what you produce. And I, and I think you can be creative, you can be doing crafts, and then you're being creative, you don't necessarily have to abandon your ego to do that. But I think the people who are pursuing art, they, they try to go to that place and, and, and try to create from a really honest, authentic place and authentic. When you're in an authentic place, you create authentic material and authentic material speaks to people and speaks to yourself. It just gives me goosebumps, actually, just listening to you talk about that. And you also mentioned that you have two sons who are hockey players and that you notice that they play their best when they're being creative. What does that mean? They have shut out the the crap, like the society's junk, and and they are becoming completely engaged with what they love, what they're doing. They're and they're smart boys, so they fall into flow. So all their skills, all their um, their love of the game, everything past experience fuses and unfolds into a, a beautiful game so and a beautiful experience for them as soon as they're distracted by some like by uh something like they want to be the best or they they are they're you know thinking grand thoughts <laughs> or whatever or they're irritated with something or they're just out of touch they don't have the game they're capable of so they're playing at their highest they're from a from a higher place of, of themselves so you did a PhD, and typically when you do a PhD, it's very mm -hmm. academic, but you managed to incorporate creativity into it. Can you talk a little bit more about what you did for your PhD and how you applied it uh, outside? Well, and first of all, I would say it wasn't easy. <laughs> it was very, it was uh, almost torturous to try and squeeze, what's the expression, square peg into a round hole. It wasn't easy. And it was, but in the end, I, I did do it. I, I, I created a, a dissertation that, first of all, it looked at what, what was creating all those tensions. So here I'm doing a, a, a doctor of philosophy, but have these preconceptions that science and rational facts and all this are knowledge and fiction and 
art is something else. So I sort of deconstructed the idea, our ideas of knowledge and how we live in a very scientific society and all these preconceptions we have of what is knowledge. Then I actually explored those very issues in in uh, a novel and then I created a, a, a classroom classroom curriculum that helps people to express what they know or express uh, express themselves with with fiction. What were some of the programs that you put together specifically or or one that you really enjoyed or you found very successful? In a nutshell, I think what I do in a in a creative writing class is to help people find that place where they're being as authentic as but through visualization, that meditation. So they sort of I help them abandon all that all the rationale the ra- rationalization around them in our society to go somewhere else and to use a different part of their mind, to use their, the alpha state of their mind. So they're going almost into a, a waking dream state. So where you end up creating uh, material that just surprises you. Every time, every, everyone is always surprised by what they produce because they said they weren't thinking of it when they came in. They just, they, they tap into a different part of their minds. So I think when you experience this, and then it is at least an anchor, like it provides an experience that you usually really enjoy. So you want to go back to it. So it may, it may not be earth shatteringly uh, transformative, but if you're having, uh, if you're in a bad state, like living on the streets, you can go, if you can go to this place, it just provides you uh, with an emotional anchor or, or a, a core where you can return to. And then if you can write from that place and other people can read it, then you're, you're not so much a stereotype anymore. You're, you're, a, per, you're a real emotional 3D person. So was there ever a time in your own life where you didn't have creativity or you couldn't access your creativity? And what was that like for you? Uh, Yes. I really struggled with it when I was doing my PhD. So I didn't start off doing my PhD and what it ended up being. But so I really had to struggle with uh, what I thought were the expectations of me to do a doctorate. And I was trying very hard to think like what I thought was an academic or what was the expectations of my mind to be a good academic. And it did feel very, it was, uh, it was not a good experience. I didn't, uh, I didn't like it at all. And, uh, and so through the process, I started questioning what, why is what I do, what I really do? Why is that not knowledge? Why is that not considered academic for lack of a better word information? So I, I sort of struggled through that, but on a day-to-day basis, I, if I get, um, if I'm not doing what I feel I was put on this earth to do, which is to create writing or art or whatever, uh, I, and if I get preoccupied with daily duties of a job, like a, a job that may not be nurturing my, my art or just family duties, then, then I usually end up getting bored and boredom and fear or all those things usually prevent the create, prevent creativity. Do you ever find that you have too much creativity in your life? Do you ever feel overwhelmed by it? 
I don't think you can have too much, but you have to have a support system around you, or you have to have, if you're in a family, if you're, if, uh, if you're in close relationships, it's important to work through what that means. Cause I can be very absent if I'm in, really deep into a creative project. So I think my family is just, we've learned to negotiate around that. But for a while, after I finished the one book with Bob Black, that I didn't write, I decided I wouldn't write for a while because I felt that I was so, uh, it, it's not like a nine to five job where you just come home and it's done. Like you're mentally very, you can be very far away. You're almost in a dream all the time. So I thought uh, I would, I would put the writing away for a while and just, and focus on my family. So yes, I guess so. When it, when it, go, when it goes to a deep state, maybe, maybe it is, uh, it is harder to relate to the outside world when you get become so so involved in your inner world yeah it's sometimes hard to come back into or mm-hmm. switch between the two worlds yeah something else that you said i think is really important is that when when you have a family and you have a, those responsibilities and those relationships mm-hmm. that being really involved in a creative activity does require negotiation and support mm-hmm. from other people in your family. But from my own perspective, I found it really helpful when I was doing my thesis and I and I was invited to to your place mm-hmm. and, and just to have that support system around me, you know, knowing that that there's um, companionship and, and support, that it really actually helped with the creative process for me. And do you find that yourself as well? Uh, yes, it's always great to have a network. I know I am by nature a really introverted person, so I do find that I just go with it in myself. And sometimes I don't network maybe as much as not not that as much as I should, but I, I know there's just so much to be gained from that. And of course, like having so having family around to help out with to encourage you. To, to keep going, especially if you have a deadline, is amazing. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so of course, yes, of course, because it's it's it can it's it's a, a wonderful process, but especially when you get to the end of the process, it's it's a lot of all nighters and and it's it is a birthing. It really is. My midwife asked me to explain. Uh, what it's like to have a baby and I said it and I said it's like writing a book or or doing a creative project but it's just really fast like it's like within eight hours but you're going through all all this all the growing pains and birthing and labor and everything um and she she thought that was really interesting because people complain that going through real birthing labor is takes so long and I said it was like writing a book but it's all crammed into eight eight hours (laughs) So there are all those, you know, labor pains and, and, and exhaustion and so on, trying to, to, to get the baby book out. (laughs) (laughs) So I, uh, speaking about getting the baby book out, Mm -hmm. you have, um, that new project, A Lick of Fire. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I'm doing this on a pure intuitive inclination, um, that I need to do this. And I, I think I, I needed to get back to my zine roots um, with my writing, actually, and I guess get back to to where I thought I was the most creative and the most artistic. So I felt perhaps I was getting too wrapped up in getting published or so looking for outside uh, acknowledgement. And I needed to get back to this uh, 
this more independent creative spirit. It's very, it's uh, to do my best work. And it, it's based on a previous story that you have written, or is it a new story? Oh, this is this story has evolved for years and years. I started it before the Picture Perfect book, and then I put it away, and then I, I brought it back out. And it's actually about very much about the subjects we're talking about now. It is about the creative process, but it's a it's a book of fiction. It's about a, a girl whose uh, whose mother is bipolar and really embraces her illness. She refuses to take medication. She she just she's just all in <laughs> and uh, but the daughter has a real hard time with it she doesn't her, her mom is is very comfortable with living outside of mainstream society and uh, the daughter does not want to live that way but in the meantime she's she's doing a creative writing project and it's it's uh, sort of coming to terms with her mother's way of life and what she wants because she wants the TV and, uh, and cereal for breakfast and she wants to have a nice suburban uh, upbringing Interesting. So what advice would you give to listeners who are thinking about writing and maybe are fearful about it or don't know how to begin? What advice would you give to them? First and foremost, just show up. <laughs> just You have to just sit at the desk and do it. Just do it. I personally think that the desire to do it has to come from an honest, authentic place. And once that writing is a product of that authenticity, you're going to be motivated to be the best you can be. And you find ways to improve yourself with the skills and so on. But I think from the, in the beginning, you, you just need to do it and do it um, as honestly as possible. I think that it's extremely valuable to just write because you like it. You want to do it. And we live in a... We live in a society where where it seems like there's all this pressure to always be the expert or to be somehow make a million dollars off of it or or just and I think if you're pursuing it as an art, it's very worthwhile to do it even if you're an absolute amateur. And what you produce, even if it is at an amateur level, is still extremely special. Like you're uh, you you probably will learn a lot about yourself and it might end up being a great piece of work, but I think I think you need to start from a place that's not preoccupied with all all these other things that are going on in society. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. So where can people get in touch with you if they wanted to find out more about you? How could they do that? I, I have a website, so it's just www.marniemaguire.com. Can you spell that out for us? Uh, you, you got the W down. <laughs> <laughs> and it's M-A-R-N-I-E-M-A-G-U-I-R-E.com. Hey, great. So now we come to the last part of the show with a creative roundup. And these are just short answer questions, just a few sentences each. So the first question is, what person inspires you to be creative? The, the first person that popped into my head was Patti Smith. I just, I, I love Patti Smith. I have, since I lived in, I discovered her when I lived in New York. And there's just something, something about her. I, I, I don't even, I don't even know if I can explain exactly why, but I just love her. I love her moxie. I love her. I, I love her dedication and commitment to art. She just seems to really pursue it for pure reasons. And she always shows so much gratitude to those who have inspired her. I, I just, uh, there's something about her that I just, uh, that does inspire me. And what is your favorite work of art? It can be any type of art. It's the novella and the film, Il Pastino. Oh, 
I don't read books over and over again, but I have read that one and I've seen the film over and over again. I just, I just love it. And it's all about metaphor and it's about art. And your favorite quote that inspires you? It's Helene Sisu from, from Three Steps in the Ladder of Writing. And it's kind of long. So the, the main gist of it is you are not having the dream. The dream is having you. And it's about writing. Here, here it is. We must know how to treat the dream as a dream, to leave it free and to distrust all the exterior and interior demons that destroy dreams. We must let ourselves be carried on the dream's mane and must not wake up, something all dreamers know. Well, the dream is dictating the world to us. How can we do this? We must write at the dictation of our master, the dream, a pencil in hand, straddling the main at full gallop. Wow, that's great. Thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you so much. Good luck with all of it. Bye. Marnie is a longtime friend. We met at university while taking our creative writing degrees, and I've always found our conversations about writing and art so thought-provoking and uplifting. Do you have someone in your life that inspires you? I'd love to hear more from you about that, so send me an email through my website, ownyourcreativity.com, or you can post a note on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash writer Johnston. Next week, I'll be talking to L.P. Camozzi, musician and self-published children's writer. He's an inspiring example of a fiercely independent artist who uses his talents to entertain and educate. Until then, own your creativity! (laughs) 